Shalom and welcome again. This is Dr. Eugene Saunders, and this is another episode of, of Pod Church, reminding you that we are a church without walls, without boundaries. We are not a people who can call themselves the church only because they meet in a building, but rather a people who call themselves a church because we are the church. We are the bride of Christ. I'm reading today out of John chapter 10. And I'm reading from the Tree of Life version, one of my favorite versions of the Bible. Amen and amen. I tell you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in some other way, is a thief and a robber. But he who enters through the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. The shepherd calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will never follow a stranger, but will run away from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus told him this parable, told them this parable, but they did not understand what he was telling them. So Yeshua Jesus said again, Amen and Amen. I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All those who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. If anyone comes in through me, he will be saved. He will come and go and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, slaughter, and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired worker is not the shepherd, and the sheep are not his own. He sees the wolf coming and abandons the sheep and flees. Then the wolf snatches and scatters the sheep. The man... The man is only a hired hand and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this fold, and those also I must lead, and they will listen to my voice. So there shall be one flock and one shepherd." For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life so that I may take it up again. No one takes it away from me, but I lay it down on my own. I have the authority to lay it down, and I have the authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. Again, a division arose among the the Judeans because of these words. Here we would understand that to be the the Jewish leaders and... and, um, uh, those uh, who, of course, are discussing theology and, and uh, are trained in the scriptures. Many of them were saying, he has a demon. He's insane. Why listen to him? Others said, these are not the sayings of someone who is plagued by a demon. A demon cannot open the eyes of the blind, can it? When we read this scripture in the context of those first century listeners, some disciples, some adversaries. 
we don't often understand the context and how powerful this message was. When it's delivered likely during the season of dedication of Hanukkah. This is a time when, when there were miracles. There were, uh, there were those that rose up uh, claiming to be Messiah. There were those that, that, that uh, led great revolt and, and even had success for a time. And, and God's miracle even, miracles even attended to that success for a season. But ultimately, there would be many who would rise up and claim to be Messiah, with or without supposed miraculous attestation. And the point here being that what Messiah is saying is that those who are my sheep will know my voice. I think we come to understand knowing his voice by really knowing the scriptures themselves. You know, it's, it's interesting. In this same section, we see that, that Messiah says, I come to give them life and life more abundantly. Now, I've heard many disparaging remarks about what that means, but in truth, I think that the, what we're seeing is that God is saying, I want to give you the most wonderful, glorious answers to your prayers. I want to give you even the desires of your heart. And that's attested to in other portions of Scripture. But here we also have this message that would have connected with those early first century Jewish leaders and students and disciples that would have connected with him in, in at least a couple of places. Well, more than a couple. There would have been Psalms. There would have been, there would have been uh, Zechariah 11, Ezekiel. There would have been a connection with those texts. Certainly in Zechariah 11, where, where it is being spoken about of the evil shepherd, those shepherds that are, that are just go about because because they're hired to do so. They only go about doing their job because it's what they're paid to do. And when hardship comes, they don't want to lay down their life. They don't want to, they don't want to risk their life or hardship. So they abandon the sheep. There's a lot of things like that in our own lives, isn't there, where we, where we press into the call of God and, and, and it's good as long as we're seeing you know, the, the, the kind of fun reward or the kind of, the kind of joy and uh, uh, have that, that warm, fuzzy expectation. But then when the hardship comes, you know, I'm speaking personally here, but I think this would resonate with many who may be listening. But when the hardship comes, oh, it's like we want to abandon the vision, ab- abandon those that we're called to serve, ab- abandon those that, that, we're to, that we're to rise above as Messiah did and serve and even lay down our life and and have the doors opened and the gates open to us. But, uh, you know, hardship comes. We see the wolf threatening us. And sometimes we even use that as a uh, testimony. Well, this must not be God because this is, this is not what I prayed for. This is hard. <coughs> Excuse me. But the fact of the matter is, 
Messiah said, I come to lay down my life for the sheep. I don't know fully how you hear that. But I hear it in, also in the context of Psalm 23. Where David, a king, who had been just a shepherd boy, declares these words, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Take that in the context. Connect that with, with I come to give them life and life more abundantly. Please hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. God is a good God. And I want you to read this as well, that God is a good shepherd. He doesn't come to give you a taste of something or a vision of something perfect and then and good and then and then rip it away from you. But rather God sometimes pulls us back and leads us beside the still waters. We think of that maybe in that Psalm 23 reference, we think of that perhaps as just some kind of pristine or, or picturesque, beautiful poem. But there are times in following after him, we just have to walk beside the still waters. And allow him to do the work that he desires to do. And again, I want to remind you that that Psalm 23, although it's often quoted, um, often quoted as, you know, at, at funerals or, or uh, times when we need comfort, it's also a very powerful verse about how God, or song about how God is a good shepherd. And I believe that, that even as they would have, those first century listeners would have connected Zechariah 11, they would have connected Ezekiel. I believe even as they did that, they likely thought of what it meant that, that Messiah would be struck for them. That's in that same Zechariah context. That he would be struck for them. And that he would be struck because of those he was inviting into his house. I'm stirred by this because we have a God who declares we are to follow Him. Adonai is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He restores my soul. No matter what you might be dealing with today and when you have the opportunity to hear this podcast, I want to remind you, it is God who steals your who restores and stills your soul. And, and he's the one that, that when I say still, I, I mean, he, he calms it. 
He's the one who restores your emotions, your will and your intellect. He girds them up for the battle ahead and for the time ahead. The verse goes on to read, He guides me in the paths of righteousness for His namesake. Connect that with with what we've just read. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of Adonai, our Lord, forever and ever and ever. I've added on, I know, forever and ever, or forever. I... I, am moved by that psalm 23 and i think those who i think those who heard yeshua messiah i think they were moved by it too i think they were moved by the words of zechariah who talked about the scars on the hands of 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 the one who would lay down his life for them. <laughs> in that same context, he talks about the king riding in on a colt, a, a, on a lowly fold of a colt. Man. What a, what a beautiful message. Messiah is your good shepherd. And he can be trusted to lead you through whatever it is you're facing. And listen, I'm speaking this just as much to me as I am to you. I want you to be encouraged. Know that Messiah is the one who will lead you through. He is the one who will give you life abundantly. And I mean, even as we read, connected that with Psalm 23, I think he's the one who restores your soul. You realize he's the one then that redeems your hopes and dreams because he's giving you life in that more abundantly. Well, shalom, my friends. My time with you uh, today is, is concluded, but I just hope this word finds you encouraged by the power of his grace and may you know his perfect shalom. Amen.